Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. There's a lot going on. There is a lot to get to. Uh, Where do you want to start, David? Uh, I want to start off with some breaking news from this morning. Joe Biden meeting with the president of France, Emmanuel Macron. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very special relationship that those two guys have. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. Whenever uh, Biden goes overseas and Emmanuel Macron is there, he almost yeah. fills in as the day nurse for Dr. Jill Biden. You ever notice that? It's, it is kind of like it, it's not a relationship like grandfather and grandson, but it's mm-hmm. more like grandfather and grandson-in-law. If that makes that's if, very interesting. If you understand what I'm getting at, where it, there, yes. it's cordial, you know, Macron wants to do what's right by the old man, but they're not super close. Yes, but it's sort of and like you know when Macron gets back to his buddies, they're yeah. all talking about the old man lost his mind. <laughs> but he right. visits a couple of times a year. Yeah, sure. And like plays cards with him for yeah. forty five minutes. And, and, and yeah. the other couple of son in laws never do anything like that. He makes the effort, right? Okay, he does. Well, and it's because he wants to be in the will. <laughs> well, of course. And in this case, he wants something from Biden. That's the whole deal. Right. Uh, Joe Biden, though, he's hosting French President Emmanuel Macron and uh, tried to give a little nod to a guy named Marquis de Lafayette, the French military commander who helped America during the Revolutionary War. And this is how it came out in Biden speak. Okay. My friend and I were talking. France is our oldest ally, our unwavering partner in freedom's cause. From the spirit of Marcus de Lafayette, who helped secure the success of our revolution, to the sacrifice of American GIs. Okay. Marcus Lafayette, yes. I'm going to date myself a little bit here. Mm -hmm. There's something different with Biden's voice here. Did anybody else pick up on yes, it? Or is it just right me? away, immediately. Okay. What it sounds like, if you ever had a turntable and there would be something wrong with the gear and it just wouldn't go fast enough anymore right. and it was just a step slow, that's what Biden sounds like here. I was going to say the old guy at the end of the bar at 3 o'clock in the morning. Like, it's not his usual cadence. No, it's slower and slurrier and, Like yeah. a couple drinks in yeah, or a right. mood or two, something. Yeah, no. Our unwavering partner <laughs> in freedom's cause. From the spirit of Marcus de Lafayette. Yeah, you know the thing. Marquis, Marcus, whatever. Yeah. It's all, it's all the same. What? The new Mercury Marcus. <laughs> that guy played for the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> yes, he did. It's it's the thought that counts, really. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> okay. McClone's over there looking at his watch like, okay, all right, how much quality time do I really need to put in with Gramps over here? Right. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. Brought him ice cream. What else do I need to do? <laughs> well, you know, the whole thing with Biden, too, that's really interesting is now that the midterms are over, he's all back in. Yeah, he's planning on running again. And the Democrats don't know what to do with this. No. This is going to be interesting going forward because he's planning on going. 
And don't you get the feeling there are plenty in the Democratic Party that will sort of go along with it because they can sort of keep doing what they want to do and set the agenda. They just kind of tell him what to do. Yeah. I mean, it's like we were talking about before the midterms. You know, if it is as disastrous as some people thought it would be for the Democrats, and I think a lot of us, I'd put myself in that boat. I thought it would be worse for the Democrats than it was. Me too. Um, anyway, but, but you know, if it, if it was going to be close, then they'd, they'd stay on Team Biden. But if it was an absolute shellacking, then they would have left him by the side of the road. They would have been like, all right, it's time to go to Mumbling Meadows. They've got a great, you know... They, they've got a great team of nurses there to take care of you. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, they had that whole piece in the New York Times ready to go. Yeah. That never came out. Never published it. Isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and that whole thing was how, you know, he just can't do it anymore. There's yeah. been cognitive decline. It's obvious to everybody. And all of a sudden, that just got flushed. Yep. Yeah, forget about that. You are spot on about that soundbite, though. Does... I, I noticed it right away. There was something. Yeah, that was... Much slower than 33 and a third. Yes. Yeah. Something. Who knows, man? Yeah. Who knows what's going on there? Meanwhile, speaking of uh, old people out of gas, Janet Yellen in the news, David. Yeah. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was on Stephen Colbert's show and talked a little bit about the economy because that is her bread and butter, right? Even though she's wrong about everything, uh, for some reason she is referred to as an expert in this field. Now, she said the reason the economy is collapsing before our very eyes is because, well... Us selfish Americans, we spent too much money on chairs and computers. Golly. This is something. Okay, roll it. So normally you wouldn't expect um, just because you had a rapid recovery uh, for inflation to rise very much, if at all. But it turned out the pandemic had very special impacts on the economy. Remember, everybody stopped spending on services. They were in their homes for a year or more. Um, They wanted to buy grills and office furniture. They were working from home. They suddenly started. All right. Now, this is part of what we do on the show. You're looking at different policies, politics, news, and observing and commenting on it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Colbert's gig is to entertain the audience with really good guests, right? Who watches that? Seriously. Holy mackerel. At that time of day, how could you not sleep through that? Well, well, he has to maintain his darling status with those people, though. Well, and the thing is, is that it was also a new bit that he's doing, is how many lies does it take to get to the center of a Werther's original? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think there's 15 seconds left of this one. They suddenly started splurging on goods, buying Technology, um, you know, we're suddenly working through technology. You're an expert. How did you not know that was going to happen? Everybody knew it was going to happen. Well, well, and what what she's talking about is something that was a pre-existing condition, you could say, because that had been a trend that was going on uh, through 2020 and into 2021. And that is the exact reason why so many people, even from the former Obama administration, were saying, Boy, this American Rescue Plan, if you're putting $2 trillion into this economy, it's going to be bad. Don't do this. Correct. Because the economy's going to recover on its own. I mean, I, I'm no you know Wall Street expert or economics professor, but I could tell you the economy's going to be just fine if you did nothing. 
We talked about it at the time. Just don't do anything. Let states open back up after COVID and things will go back, relatively speaking. I mean, you still have the supply chain issues out there, but relatively speaking, it'll be fine. But you cut America $2 trillion in unearned cash. What the hell did you think was going to happen? And guess what? There's still, well, seven seconds of that clip left. Holy smokes. All right, go ahead. And bottlenecks started developing where supply in particular important sectors of the economy just couldn't keep up with demand. That was already happening. That's why people were saying, don't put $2 trillion in unearned cash into the economy. And again, all of that was known, and Democrats still were all in, and Joe Biden is still all in on the American Rescue Plan, which caused more bottlenecks in the supply chain. And when this was coming up a few months after the American Rescue Plan was passed, remember, Mm -hmm. the White House actually mocked it. Remember this? Jen Psaki was asked about it last year by a New York Times reporter. Okay. It was crystal clear that things were not improving on supply chain. People couldn't get dishwashers and and furniture and treadmills delivered on time, not to mention all sorts of other things. So why the is it... The tragedy of the short, the treadmill that's delayed. Right, the treadmill. Right. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, see, it turns out that, you know, that example of a treadmill being delayed was actually a placeholder for the greater issue of a supply crunch that was exacerbated by the Biden administration's horrible policies. And this old out-of-gas geezer, Janet Yellen, is out there on The Tonight Show or whatever it is, that late night with Stephen Colbert or whatever, yeah. just out there saying, well, the problem is, is that we were just too successful. Yeah, it's our fault. It's our fault. <laughs> Inflation is your fault. Your fault. Should have kept that money in your wallet, sir. Okay, I don't need to spend all this time on Janet Yellen. Would you give me 20 more seconds? All right, sure. Because... This is when she actually said the truth. Okay, if you remember this piece. Um, Look, I I think I was wrong then about um, the path that inflation um, would take and um, supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time didn't fully understand. (laughs) That was the one time. And I remember when it was happening, it was on CNN, like, oh, my gosh, she told the truth. She didn't understand it. But how do you not get fired? Why am I yelling this early in the show? How do you not get fired? (laughs) Seriously. What other job can you fail that badly and cost the company that much and keep your gig? Holy cow, man. Okay. Uh, You know what? I'm going to wait to get to uh, the director of Homeland Security in the next segment, because I don't know if I could take it right now. Um, we'll mention this, People Magazine, you know, it's that time of year. They're going oh, yeah. People of the Year. Yeah. Um, and they said, we named these four for the inspiring work that they've done. All right. Okay, so you had Matthew McConaughey. He was number one. All right. Okay. What did he do? do you know, uh, good question. Scott, any idea? Well, Oh, was it, didn't he uh, some kind of do something with Uvalde? After the shooting, because he's yeah, from he, there. He was a spokesperson. He yeah, met with that. victims' families. Yeah. And it says he also spoke at the White House and is credited with helping pass federal gun legislation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, number one, McConaughey. Number two, Quinta Brunson, because she created the sitcom 
Abbott Elementary. Oh, gosh. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now we've tripped Scott. Well, all right. Of course. Okay, man. (laughs) Now I'm the geezer. I don't even know what that show is. I've seen it. But I really don't watch that much network TV. Yeah. Do you know it, David? Uh, I, I think I've seen the promo for it. I've never watched the show. Okay. Why do you roll your eyes, Scott? Well, I mean, I've seen it, but the whole lauding the creator. Yes. Well, it wanted she wanted to be inclusive for all generations. And so she really was inclusive, and that's why she's the number two People Magazine all right. uh, People of the Year. Next. Jennifer Hudson. She launched a new talk show to create a platform where everyone feels included. Everybody has a talk show. <laughs> Everybody so, does. <laughs> I didn't know that. Drew Barrymore has a talk show. I understand that. I, I've seen that before. I didn't know about Jennifer Hudson. And then the last was Mila Kunis. Because when Russia invaded Ukraine, she and Ashton Kutcher raised money for refugees. There's your people of the year. This is the big sale so, they had out front. Yeah. Well, I'm, out of all four, she's kind of the only one who really did anything. Hmm... Well, I'm sure that uh, fans of the others would argue, but I'm certainly not going <laughs> to. But as far as the director of Homeland Security, he's warning now about domestic extremists. Wait till you hear this story. Unreal. Straight ahead, right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. Um, the border, the border is secure. <laughs> Alejandro Mayorkas. Speaking of people who still have their jobs. Unreal. Yeah. Department of Homeland Security. Um, I don't know if you knew this or not, um, but the Department of Homeland Security did caution Americans in its latest National Terrorism Advisory System bulletin mm-hmm. yesterday. Um that they've observed actors on forums known to post racially or ethnically motivated violent extremist content that have been praising the alleged attacker mm. in Colorado, the shooter at the gay nightclub. Oh, okay. So some neck bearded basement dwelling weirdos are, well, doing what neck bearded basement dwelling weirdos Weird. do online. That is correct. And that's supposed to be this big controversy? Yes, it's a it's a bulletin, as a matter of fact. Okay. Yes, because this was a huge story, and obviously tragic, very sad. But it does seem that legacy media dropped that story when the shooter identified as non-binary. Yeah. Well, I mean, CNN brought on a trans activist who knew somebody who was in the club there in Colorado Springs. Um who then said that person can't be non-binary because they don't look non-binary. Right. <laughs> Which is like, wait a minute. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Kind of killed your own narrative, yeah, didn't you? you really did. That's really something. That's quite a trick. Um, in this bulletin, it goes on to say uh, that it's a concern to us. It might motivate others to carry out similar attacks. The LGBTQ community remains a community that is targeted for violence. Then, honestly, you ought to start letting people carry guns inside of bars and nightclubs. 
No, that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, well, then why does the Department of Homeland Security want all of these gay people to be just targets for violence? They don't want them to defend themselves? Apparently not. And apparently, just a question, uh, remains a community targeted targeted for violence. So this has gone on for a while. By people that identify as non-binary? Or are you talking about the neckbeards, as you say, David? Yeah, you, you know what's really weird about that? I think Axios and a bunch of other uh, – Axios was the one that I saw, but a bunch of news outlets picked up on this uh, study from maybe a couple of weeks ago that talked about the number of trans-identified people who had been killed uh, in, obviously, acts of violence. And they said it was, some, it was like 30-some-odd who had been killed. And they painted this out to be this, you know, community under assault. But when you actually run the numbers, the 30-some-odd people who were murdered shows that relative to the overall population, that is actually the safest single demographic in America. Wow. It, it, is, it is remarkably rare to have a trans person murdered and most of the people and it's I'm not trying to say it's not tragic when somebody gets murdered of course it's of course. tragic when somebody is murdered most of the people who were killed were sex workers who were on the fringes of society and and sadly that happens way too much yes but you know again if you're looking at 30 I think it was 34 maybe out of however million people identify as trans that's actually a remarkably low murder rate yes it is by the way, there was another hate crimes narrative that, what well, was from Red State, got flushed down the toilet, and I that was that, yeah. out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So you saw the story, yeah. And how did you understand it? Well, the same way it was understood by everyone else. There was a crime, and it was immediately transferred to its hate crime, and it turns out it factually wasn't. Yeah, it was Jesse Smoletti. Very much. Yeah. In this case. Um, it was a gay man yeah. that was threatening. Right, another... It wasn't right-wing extremist. No, of course no. not. But again, so then, no, then the story's gone. Yeah, because it doesn't okay. fit the narrative, right? Yes. I made up the term Jesse Smoletti, but I think you know what I, I mean. I like it. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. it's very good. Yeah. Yes. Man, there's a lot to get to. Well, Elon Musk, Yeah, I think he's going to be in the news every day for a while. Yeah, probably. Because somebody else is going to be complaining about him. And apparently it's Elizabeth Warren? Yeah. What's her complaint? One of the greatest self-owns of all time. Yeah, I I can't wait. Can't wait. Straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robin yeah. Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Oh, well, okay. We're going to get to what's your story in a second before we do. And we have a news update from David Van Camp. Before we get to that, <laughs> a news update he just saw it's, and then commented on and almost went over the air. Yeah, um, close. Okay, so uh, you have this one of these green weenie protests going on in France. These were these idiot, these twig boys, you know, sit down in the middle of the road and they try to block traffic and 
Because apparently engines idling on a highway is good for the environment, mm-hmm. as opposed to just letting people go to where they're trying to get to. Uh, well, in this case, this big old hoss gets out of his car, walks right up to one of these twig boys, picks him up, and throws him on the sidewalk. And he's, Excellent. The audio is in French, but he, he's basically just saying, get the hell out of the road. Yes. That's what happens when you're in the road. Something yeah. bad's going to happen. Get out of the road. <laughs> it's just so satisfying to see. That's what you need to do. I'm not saying you go out and intentionally hurt anybody, okay? I now understand. What I'm Don't bother calling the cops. Most of these green weenie people are little guys. Yes. If you're, a, if you're a bigger dude and you're stronger, come on, man. Stand up. Get out. Get them out. And get them out of the road. Be, you know, we'll, we'll go Patrick Swayze Roadhouse rules. Be nice. <laughs> but get them out of the road. Oh, my gosh. In the last seven years, David has gone from, man, I don't know, you don't want anybody to get hurt to, you Swayze him <laughs> from Roadhouse. But you right? be nice. You, you can be nice. And, until a certain point. Until it's not time to be nice. That makes sense. By the way, I have a story coming up that is right down that alley that I think you'll enjoy. Before we get there, your other news update was on Elizabeth Warren. Oh, yeah. Leftist oh, gosh. Senator Elizabeth Warren just dunked on herself in a big way. Uh, a Fox News reporter asked her about her complaints over Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter. Okay. Republicans say that um, Democrats are picking on Elon Musk. Elon Musk is doing just fine. But do you think that users have a right to freedom of speech, even if what they're saying is wrong or offensive? I think that one human being should not decide how millions of people communicate with each other. One human being should not be able to go into a dark room by himself and decide, oh, that person gets heard from, that person doesn't. That's not how it should work. You mean like the last people who had Twitter? <laughs> yeah. Like them, you mean? It should be a couple thousand weenies deciding uh, yeah. who gets to say exactly. what. Exactly. Yes. And rigging In a elections. dark room. Yeah. Right. <sighs> Golly. The lack of self-awareness it sometimes. It is re- remarkable. It's, Stunning. It is pretty astounding. Wow. It's okay. so her, though. It's such an automatic answer, isn't it? Yes, of course. Yeah. It's the the strong, it's the corporations, it's, blah, yeah, blah, blah. She's doing She's fine. Such yeah, a right. walking contradiction. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think it's time for this. As we go through our preparations each day, there's usually a story or something that we see that triggers us personally. Or maybe you just find it interesting. And we take a little time to highlight that. Starting with David, what's your story today? Uh, the story today is, uh, you know, Dr. Anthony Fauci, science's only begotten son, is doing the rounds as he is preparing to retire finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got an appointment, you know, being Christmas season, he's going to be the elf on the shelf. Um, so. <laughs> Fauci on the couchy. <laughs> it's easier to move him around than one of those twig boys. Yes, it is. <laughs> so anyway... Fauci was talking to the Washington Post in the exit interview, and the the conversation turned to lockdowns. And I just, you know, he's been put in this weird position now because he's been very supportive of lockdowns. And now people are saying, well, wait a minute, are you openly siding with the Chinese government? Well, no, not like that. We're not, we don't want total lockdowns, except we do. Right. Well, what does that mean? Right. Uh, uh, well, here, he here, said they got it right. right. He, he actually, in an interview 
with a news outlet in India uh, in 2020 actually said, hey, India, you're having a problem with COVID. You ought to look at China and what they're doing. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, anyway. He was applauding them. Now, now, here's Fauci trying to thread the needle now. Okay. If you were in the pre-vaccine era and you were seeing your hospitals overrun, you were going to want to regroup, get more beds, get more ventilators, get more PPE so that you can handle the onslaught of cases. Lockdown like that should only be a temporary issue to allow you to do something in a positive way. In the era of vaccination, you might want to restrict until you can get your population in totality vaccinated. No. No, actually. Okay. I'll admit it. My head spins sometimes Mm -hmm. with all the different facts that we've learned over time. Mm -hmm. How does that make sense? Okay, because I'm thinking about the information that's come out in the last week in the United States that people who have been vaccinated have a higher death rate from COVID now than people that weren't vaccinated. Okay, so for him saying, well, the whole thing would change as far as lockdowns once you get all these people vaccinated. How does that make sense, given the information that we have? Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I mean the, the, the death rate thing does kind of make sense to me if you have about 70% of the population that's had two doses, then mm-hmm. sure. Then, I mean, we know that these vaccines don't actually prevent you from getting it. So, um, so it does actually stand to reason then now that a, a majority would be of people dying from COVID would be those who had been vaccinated because a majority of Americans have had at least two shots. And at the same time, when you think back to how it was sold to us, that would be shocking if you could go back two years ago and say, hey, just so you know, two years from now, here will be the stats. You would have said, you got to be kidding me. And they never talked about any sort of reactions to the vaccines. No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They still don't want to talk about that. Oh, once you had the vaccine, you were clear. Absolutely. You were never going to get it or ever going to spread it. And it's safe. Until you weren't. Right. Right. Wow, man. I mean, these people are, are unbelievable. What's that? They were talking last night, too, about two, about a shot every two months. Yes. Is like the new normal. Did you hear this, David? Yeah, I thought, I mean, it seems like we're on pace for every four months right now. <laughs> yeah, they're talking about a shot every two months. Dude, I have the tweet. Yeah, no. It, it, it's it's really, really no, remarkable. Not, no, no. From Becerra. I'm yeah, sorry, Bacaria. Yeah, yeah Bacaria. <laughs> hey, Bacaria. Ah. Yes, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. Now that you bring that up. Yes, I yeah, saved this tweet. I saw tweet. that, yeah. I'll bring it up right now. It was, it boggles your mind. Yes, it does. Um. Oh, you know what? You know who tweeted this out? It was Christina uh, Pushaw. Pushaw, yeah. From Florida. And said, this is no joke. This is less than 24 hours apart. These are two different tweets. One from Becerra saying, an updated COVID vaccine can help protect you from the worst outcomes of COVID. If it's been over two months since your last dose, make a plan to get one now. Yep. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. Wow. Okay. The other tweet that came out within 24 hours was the vice president, Kamala Harris, who said, one shot once a year. That's all most people will need to stay protected from COVID year-long. Make a plan to get your shot at vaccines.gov. Does anybody talk to anybody? Anybody in charge here? Who's running this joint? 
It's unreal. It's crazy. Okay, so that was Van Camp's story. What's your story, Scott? Well, my story is uh, Stacey Abrams failed what presidential candidate, failed gubernatorial candidate, failed Senate candidate, has now found a new job that she really wants. And she's lobbying for it, not only lobbying for it, but is in consideration to run the Federal Communications Commission. No. Yes! Yeah, I saw that she was, I don't know about running it, but uh, like not a singular running, but she was going to be on the commission or that's what. To decide whether or not you get to talk or not. Okay. She's a failed politician and the machine won't let her go. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and break my arm patting myself on the back because that was an easy prediction. You could say that was shooting fish in a barrel. Uh Said it. She's going to end up in D.C. They're going to give her a job. Well, it's a good pick because it doesn't require actual voters. Right. Or work. (laughs) Or a skill set. That too. Jeepers screaming, man. Okay. Oh, better better be nice to her now, though. She's running the FCC. I don't care. Shut you down. I don't care. Yeah. I, for one, as just for as... the record, I, I don't think Stacey Abrams needs dental work at all. <laughs> as far as my story today, it's... Put that leaf between your whistle up. <laughs> this isn't really a story. <laughs> but I heard it, and I thought, you know what, if I play this, it will be appreciated. Because not everybody hears this stuff. This was from a few months ago, actually. Joe Rogan had a North Korean survivor on his podcast. She and he are having this conversation. And in light of everything that's going on right now, I mean, it's been a conversation for a while that you need good men in this country, well, across the world, to stand up for what is right. And that's Rogan's whole point here. And what he's speaking, I just will break it down, see if you disagree with anything he says here. I know it would drive liberals crazy, but this is true. There's an expression that I've said on this podcast many times, but I'll say it again, is that hard times create hard men. Hard men create soft times. Soft times create soft men. Soft men create hard times. You ever heard that before? I'm still trying to sort that one out. Yeah, I've heard, <laughs> well, yeah, I've heard that before, is that if things are going well, there's no yeah. need to rise above what you are, and you, you borrow trouble. And meanwhile, don't actually gain any skill set. And he goes on, because that's true. We are now around soft men and hard times. Yeah. We're, we're in the time of toxic masculinity, right? Where you could be toxically male. Yeah. And then if you're, if you're suppressing masculinity, you're, you're going to bring on hard times. You're going, there's, it doesn't mean, masculinity doesn't mean you're mean. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're angry. It means strength. Yes. It means dis- discipline. Yeah. It means the ability, like, like. By the way, as I was listening to this last night, my wife like, who, who is the lady? I'm like, it's a survivor from North Korea. She's yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just so. <laughs> found it a little <laughs> caught up. So I gave her the context there, right. yeah. you know. You need a military. And if you yeah. don't think you need a military, you need to go and pay attention to the rest of the world because there's militaries all over the world that are doing horrific things. If you don't have a military in this country that can combat that and at least act as a deterrent to them doing things, you're going to get taken over. Yeah. That's what's happened. I mean, look what's happening to Hong Kong. Yes. It's true. Mm-hmm. 
And then it was eloquent, the way he sort of wraps that up. And it's that old expression. It's better to be a warrior in a garden than yeah. a gardener in a war. Wow. It's an old expression, but it makes sense. Because mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you can't be kind yeah. if you're strong. But it does mean you can't be strong if you're weak. Yeah. If you're weak, you're f Okay, I did get that. Oof. There's a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> you're f and there's a lot of weak people in this country right now that are trying to take control. And they're gathering up all the other weak people. And they say, yeah, let's all be weak together. Yeah. And they're willing to embrace all sorts of ideas that have been disproven. Not just disproven, that have caused the deaths of untold millions of people. Yeah. In Maoist China and Stalinist Russia. And, and he goes on from there. Yeah. And I do. I think about Becerra and Biden and Mayorkas. Ned. Ned Price, yep. uh, Secretary of State, Merrick? that weak nut. What's his name? Merrick. Well, they, well, we're getting Merrick, Merrick Garland, Garland. Yeah, DOJ. Yeah, yeah. No, Secretary of State. Anthony Blinken. Anthony yes. Blinken. Oh yeah. Who's a bad guitarist and singer too? He's not even good at that. <laughs> it's like all these people. That's all I could think of is that Rogan was saying that in that little piece. I'm like, yes, it is. It's all these people that are driving our ship into a freaking rock. And they're all these all? very weak men. Yeah. They, yes. Yeah. Very much so. Is there any one of those guys you say, you know what, probably a very strong man? No. Like in his convictions, in his leadership, in anything else. Well, you need diplomacy. Okay, buddy. All right. See how that works out in the long run. Well, Joe's a tough guy. You know that. Oh, please. Yeah. Take you behind the gym, pal. Oh, I saw this. Switching gears. The rudest sports fan behaviors. Philadelphia. <laughs> I think it's just behaviors, but oh, they may say be, city, Scott. Oh, okay, they may well, be no. highly concentrated in, in Philadelphia. <laughs> yes, we're talking about behaviors. Okay. Okay, well, all right, we'll get to that coming up uh, in a few. And that whole thing with Balenciaga, with the teddy bears in bondage and the kids, yeah. the deeper this goes, the more troubling it is. All coming up right here. Monthly Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We'll get into the Balenciaga story a little bit later. We got a news update. David Van Camp. Yeah, and I my, my computer may have just offed itself because it heard some stupidity here. Uh, this is Kanye West. Kanye yay. West. Oh yeah, yay. Sorry, that's yay. His name. Yeah. Every time that clip of old clip of Scott comes up, so we pronounce his name right yeah. now. Yes, it's yay. It's yay. Uh, Kanye West uh, is doing an interview with uh, Alex Jones, and okay. uh, Alex Al Jones. Yeah, Alex Jones, and Alex Jones is kind of pushing back on the, well the crazy things that Kanye West is saying, and uh, but also trying to be kind to Kanye West and. Well, the, Again, yay. Same yay. Yay. This is. I'm not calling him yay. No, he's Kanye okay. West. All right. This is. Um, it's weird. He's got that like mask down. The big like it looks like pantyhose almost. 
Okay. Anyway, here's part of the conversation. You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, I... I see, I, I see good things about Hitler also. The Jew, I love everyone, Uh-oh. and Jewish people are not going to tell me, you can love, um, you know, us, and you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts, and you can love what we're, you know, what we're pushing with the pornography. But this guy that invented highways, invented the very microphone that I use as a musician. You can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good, and I'm done with that. When Trump said he was troubled, that might have been the biggest understatement. Yeah. Man. Well, the dude is bipolar, and I think there's no medication. It's off the rails. Somebody needs to stop him from going on these shows. Maybe you should do it. Yay! <laughs> At least I know what his name is. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Uh-huh. And there is a lot going on today. Marcus through Lafayette. Yeah. Yeah, that's Biden. That's our president. What did he say? Nothing who? wrong with him. Uh, Marcus Lafayette, who I believe was a uh, SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Great player. Yeah. Knee you know, injury way before his time and <laughs> took his career. Played for LSU. Yeah. <laughs> Biden was talking about Marquis de Lafayette. <laughs> Marcus. Uh, military guy and who helped america win the revolutionary war because he's hanging out with macron yeah president of france today yeah that was just part of what he was saying spirit of marcus lafayette yeah who helped secure the success of our revolution to the sacrifice of american gis yes of course by the way i don't know if you knew this too biden has been to the border no he hasn't no he hasn't the canadian border well, yeah, I guess you got to specify <laughs> Montana. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, well, well, Joe, where Biden, did that come from? Well, Joe Biden, he's getting a nice invite to check out the border crisis by uh, Kevin McCarthy, who yeah. probably will be the next Speaker of the House, depending on what happens within the Republican Party in the next month. Um, but Biden's not going to go. We know he's not going to go. And no. the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, made that very clear yesterday when asked about it. Yeah. So, look, uh, he's been there. He's been to the border. Uh, and since he took office, when, when did he go to the border? Since he took office, the President Biden has been uh, taking action to fix our immigration system and secure. She didn't answer the question. No. Because no. he has a lie. He hasn't been. She knows it. Of course. Yes. And secure our border. And that's why on day one, he put forward an immigration uh, immigration reform, a piece of legislation uh, to deal with uh, what is currently happening at the border. So uh, that was day one. OK, obviously, that's coming up on two years. Mm-hmm. It's not working. Kareen. Can he fire himself? No. 
Do something, no. crying out loud. No, uh, but, you know, that we're not seeing that from Republicans. We're not seeing <laughs> a willingness to work with us on, on uh, um, you know, fixing a situation that's been around uh, for decades now. Uh, instead, they're, mm-hmm. they're doing um, political stunts. Uh, that's what they want to do. That's how they want to take care of the situation. Just words, dude. Uh, but in, in the meantime, you know. The- we're going to have to learn how to enjoy this somehow. I don't know how. Maybe it's frustrating. Throw some music under it. I don't they know. Just, they, well, they lie constantly. Mm. She ums and ahs through everything and peppering in lies. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, look, the closest. But you flat out just said he'd been to the border. When? Uh, well, day one, he, he, he started he just... helping this problem, except it's gotten, well, incredibly worse. Like record-breaking numbers of people coming across. Because we don't do anything when they get here except set them up with free health care. Well, there's no upside. And free phones and free everything else. There's no upside for him going there. No, he's not going to go there. Uh, but in, in the meantime, you know, the president has secured record levels of funding for the Department of Homeland Security. Oh, that's the other old bait and switch. David, go ahead. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, that that part of the reforms that they've put in place in the Department of Homeland Security is to make it easier for people to make asylum claims. That's when they talked about clearing the backlog. So how it worked beforehand was in order to make an asylum claim, at least in theory, this didn't always pan out in practice, but in theory, you would have to go make your case eventually in front of a judge. And then they would say, OK, well, your case is going to be pending and then we'll we'll flesh this out later. And so that caused a big backlog. Well, what the Department of Homeland Security has done now is they've sent a bunch of D.C. bureaucrats, and now we know air marshals <laughs> unreal, down there to help with a process that basically just rubber stamps the whole thing. So you don't have to see a judge. You don't have to go into a courtroom to make any sort of asylum claim. You show up and you got some guy from D.C. who is, I don't know, working in the agriculture department just yeah. like two weeks ago looking at your case and saying, okay, here you go, boom, here's your phone, call us back or don't, whatever, it doesn't matter. And our airplanes are less safe. Yeah. Goodness gracious, man. Yeah. And when you look at the polling, the American people, they don't want this to happen. I mean, you're talking about Democrats, too. Certainly independents. They don't care. It's elite rule. They don't care. That's just it. We have over 23,000 agents working to secure the border. We've taken no. thousands of smugglers off the streets. And we're co- cutting down an asylum pro- pro- processing uh, times. Uh, enough of her. It, it's just nonsense. Okay, the big story today. I don't know if this is the biggest now. This blew up a little while ago, David. Yeah. You had uh, some audio. This is crazy. Yeah, Kanye West uh, is uh, speaking with uh, Alex Jones. and He goes uh, by a different name now. Yay! I, I know, yay, whatever. No, he's nuts. He's, he's off his meds. He is just, every, every day it's something worse with Kanye West. Well, um, so every time you say his name, I think we're going to have that old clip of Scott saying, Yay! That's yeah, fine. Of course. I, I give the people what they want. I will refer to him as Kanye West. Yay! Right, okay. So Kanye West is speaking with Yay. Alex Jones. Ah, okay. <laughs> He's on with Alex Jones. Yeah. And I don't know, and I'm not, I'm not an avid watcher of, Con, of uh, not Kanye West, of... Um, yay! Uh, thank you, yay. I'm not an avid watcher of Alex Jones. <laughs> I've never watched a full episode of his show. I've seen some clips. 
I think we've we've laughed at Alex Jones a few times because he's outrageous. Mm-hmm. In the clips I've seen, I've never seen him look this uncomfortable. Because Kanye is going to new depths, especially when it comes to Jewish people. Um, and anyway, here's uh, here's one of the clips making the rounds, uh, courtesy of Greg Price. I've said okay. it, the most Nazi-like activities I've seen, um, and, and the Nazis, in my view, were thugs that shook people down to a lot of really bad things. Well, they did good things, too. We're going to stop dissing the Nazis all the time. Okay. We're, we're going to get to that. <laughs> wow. What is he talking about? Yeah, well, he, he, he tried to explain a little bit more as, as Alex Jones is trying to actually get him back on the rails a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, I, I, see, I, I see good things about Hitler also. The Jew, I love everyone, and Jewish people are not going to tell me, you can love, um, you know, us, and you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts, and you can love what we're, you know, what we're pushing with the pornography. But this guy that invented highways, invented the very microphone that I use as a musician, you can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good, and I'm done with that. I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table. Oh, that's- man. I mean, the only thing of value of Hitler is that he killed Hitler. I mean, that's... Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, one, no, Hitler did not invent highways. If you're talking about the history of the Autobahn, I mean, I guess he was chancellor at the time, but... And the microphone thing, there. yes, there's a Newman microphone. He didn't invent it. It was just the new invention that made... Uh, that was better at amplifying voices and electrical signals, but Hitler didn't invent. I don't know what he's talking about. That guy, it, Kanye West, is insane. I mean, th- this is crazy. Well, the first thing I think is this is a massive meltdown, and I don't know what he if he truly believes that. It sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Remember a few years ago, he was hospitalized. And he was told he was diagnosed as bipolar. I think that then he went back and said, they diagnosed me wrong. Mm-hmm. But they got him on medication because he was melting down. And now he is off that medication from the way I understand it. But I don't know what belief system he is subscribing to. Something to do with the black Hebrew Israelites. Yeah. That was the controversy, and he was tied in with Kyrie Irving, who had tweeted out a link to the black uh, Hebrew-Israelite movie. I forget the name of the movie, but Amazon had it. He didn't say anything, but I've heard enough about the movie. Did not take the time to watch, but I've listened to plenty of people that sat through the whole thing said, yeah, it's really anti-Semitic. There's no doubt about it. And then Kyrie Irving went back and tried to say, well, I'm not agreeing with everything in the movie, but Ye was then putting pictures out on social media of Kyrie like they were standing together in this thing. So as far as Ye going off the rails here, I don't know if people are going to ask Kyrie Irving about that. I'm guessing they are. But I can't imagine he would be down with what Ye just said. Holy crap, man. That's crazy. Yeah. The crazy trains left the tracks. I mean, it gets wilder all the time. Well, it's one thing, too, to believe that. 
which is pretty nuts. But then to go on and say it, knowing that that is going to spread like wildfire, yeah. you got to know that's happening. So nope. is that just a meltdown, or he doesn't care? Uh, I don't know. Or both. I mean, that, that's the thing: is freedom of speech means you have the freedom to dig your own grave like this. Sure. Um, yeah. But is the other thought you have like that dude needs help? He does fast because, <laughs> and I don't blame Alex Jones for putting him on. It's like, okay, what, what's going on? What you know? Speak for yourself here. Some people would say he should never have put him on because you already have heard what he has said in other places. Come on, but man, it's, it's Alex Jones. That's the other part, man. Yeah. And I think, did you make a promise to somebody one time, Scott, that if we ever brought up Alex Jones, we had to play the one clip that we always play with Alex yes, Jones? because it's my all-time favorite. Oh, Alex is it Jones ahead clip. of the 2016 election? Yeah, they, they did the thing with his voice. Yeah. And then you hear the siren in the background, <laughs> and we can never listen to it without laughing? No, yeah. we do all the time. Okay. For old time's sake, roll it out. They hate you. They hate prosperity. They hate God. They hate children. And damn them now. <laughs> we're going to find the lever to beat these people, and they're, they're going to be beaten. <laughs> we're going to have President Linda Blair, people. That is a demon. And that yes. guy now Goes talking on, to... Man. That's what I mean by how astounding it is as, as a person yeah. who doesn't watch Alex Jones... Right, but has seen clips. That's why it's so astounding when Kanye West starts talking about things like, "Well, you know, Hitler had a good, had some good things." Yeah, and he's yay. A, and and, yeah, and yay. And you got Alex Jones say, "Well, uh, I mean, we're 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 going to talk about that later." <laughs> like, how, just how uncomfortable that freaking guy is. Yes. Look at her shark face. Have a look at her with that demon face. That's a freaking demon. <laughs> And now he's like, whoa, man. Yeah, settle down. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's too crazy. <laughs> For Alex Jones. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Things you never thought were possible. I know, man. Yep. Wild times we're living in, no doubt about that. Okay. The FTX founder did an interview on Good Morning America. We still got to get to that. <laughs> and, and much more. Right here. <laughs> that's a freaking demon. <laughs> Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Wild day. Well, this is still a wild story. Sam Bankman-Fried, yeah. the FTX founder. Yeah, this is the dude behind that cryptocurrency exchange called FTX, which is bankrupt because, well, he took money out of it and funneled it into his other failing company, Alameda Research, which then lost the money. No one was really keeping track of where that money was going. Well, at least he wasn't. My right. sense is somebody was keeping track of that money, and someone made a lot of it, meaning he stole a lot of money. Um, so he was defrauding people who were putting money into FTX under the promise that the money wouldn't be traded away. Uh, now, is your opinion of this dude changed? No, I, I okay. I, I I watched him on Good Morning America today, and I, I I'm not saying he's innocent. No, no, no. He it seems like he's admitting he broke the law and defrauded yeah. people. I think he's a patsy. 
I think he's a young, dumb financial disruptor, and a lot of powerful people decided to help him out, and they screwed him. And then for the people that lost the money, they were suckered in. Well, the people that lost, yeah. And so what, what happened was you've got this guy who, again, looks like this young disruptor for the financial industry, right. and a bunch of people buy into the hype because they like what he says because he's all in on woke capital and all yep. that nonsense. And so, oh, you can feel good about giving your money to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So right, man. Yeah. yeah. And, and then some people, you think Bill Clinton lost a dime on FTX? Come on. No, probably not. <laughs> Please. No. Uh, a lot of powerful people used him, I think. But instead of hunkering down, he's doing a media blitz. Uh, he was on Good Morning America to try to explain to him, uh, explain himself. Yeah. From the Bahamas, of course. Yeah. Yes. If you rewind to you know the beginning of FTX, um, where you know some customers were, you know, uh, I think in line with sort of existing relationships that that they've had, at least in some cases, wiring money straight to Alameda Research <laughs> in order to trade on FTX. So you do. I, got, know- I gotta stop for a second. Yeah. David, this guy sounds like the voice you mock when you're mocking a dorky person at yes. some dork fest. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and I want to know who those people with the prior relationships were. Because, yeah, me too. Boy, it really seems like they saw a golden opportunity to take advantage of this dope. Hmm. FTX. So you do know and you did know that FTX deposits were being funneled to Alameda. So I was vaguely aware that that was how some wires were being sent in the first place. Um, Didn't that set off alarm bells in your head? So there are a lot of people who are involved in that process. And look, I really deeply wish that I had taken like a lot more responsibility for understanding what the details were. (laughs) Oh my gosh, man. So much McGurkin BS in this dorky explanation of what was going on there i knew that legal was involved i knew that other groups at the company were involved that you know there were agreements drafted up but you're ultimately responsible and ultimately absolutely like i Mm. look i should have been on top of this and i feel really really bad and regretful that i wasn't and a lot of people got hurt and that that's on me (laughs) you know the justice department loves it when people admit to their crimes (laughs) yes but will our current Justice Department do anything about it? Oh, I think so. I hope so. Yeah. Wow. You're you're biting your tongue, Robbins. What's up? I, I mean, I looked at these interviews and I looked at this guy, and I've realized at that time that P.T. Barnum was absolutely right. There's a fool born every minute. <laughs> you wouldn't give this dork a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> But people are handing him over just money and hand over fists. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Okay, there have been a lot of hilarious lines so far. Um, you wouldn't even give that guy a cigarette. Might be my favorite. What is the biggest story of the day in your opinion, David? Uh, probably the biggest story of the day is, uh, to me at least, is the Treasury Secretary going on Stephen Colbert's show last night and saying, well, the problem is that we just did too many great things. And that's why the economy is starting to crumble before our very eyes. And the people we gave money to, they went out and spent it. On chairs. It's your fault. Yeah. yeah your fault. That's oh, unreal. Chairs and computer equipment and whatnot. It's not my recession. It's, it's Frank's recession and, and Mary's <laughs> recession. 
goodness, man. Okay, we will get to that. And a classic from Joy Reid. Robbins will love that straight ahead. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, and the Sexy Boomer. There's a lot happening today. Okay, I don't know if you happen to see this story or not. Javier Bacaria. Um, yeah, Becerra, Bacaria, whatever. Who cares? Okay, Secretary of Health and Human Services. Um, uh, they've confirmed that they want taxpayers to pay for sex change operations on minors. No, no. We're flush with cash. No. This is gender-affirming care. No, Why do you want kids to kill themselves, Scott? I don't. I don't. I don't. It's mangling children. Yes, I, I don't want my money going towards that sort of thing. No. I don't want anyone's money going towards it. I want it no. to be illegal in this country. Well, I would like under that, the age too, of 18. but all that being said, if you're going to start reaching into my pocket and saying, you got to pay for it, well, I don't want to do that. You know, there was an interesting piece in The Federalist by Nathaniel Blake. The most passionate science deniers are pro-trans experts who profit from carving up kids. Really? Oh, yeah. And it's true. Well, yeah. Just read a couple of lines from the story. The transgender movement has a science problem. Trans activists and their allies are trying to silence their critics by accusing them of science denialism. <laughs> well, that's the go-to place, isn't uh, it? Everybody knows science says that a uh, boy right. can be a girl. Yes. No, it can't. <laughs> right. That's just it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're inadvertently illustrating the anti-science nature of transgender dogmas. It says, for example, a recent opinion piece in the New England Journal of Medicine titled Protecting Transgender Health and Challenging Science Denialism in Policy actually demonstrates that rejecting transgender ideology is the best way to protect health and defend scientific integrity and kids. Why is it that they keep ignoring that 80 to 90% of kids that have had gender dysphoria, it's gone by the time they're 18? I don't understand it. I suppose because when you have some sort of belief and it becomes like a religion, you're just going to stick with it no matter what the facts are, Mm -hmm. especially when there's this much money involved. And these are evil people. Because there is a crap load of money in this and that's why you know at first when there was such the pushback on this movement you thought you know what especially after what happened at vanderbilt what happened at the boston children's hospital and when parents are finding out that this is going on you're like okay we got to stamp this out that there's so much money involved people are doubling down oh yeah yeah well yeah you've got two things you've got a profit motive which is very powerful, and then this has become, like you said, there's a religious element to it, where they, they, you cannot challenge any of the narratives, or they feel personally attacked. I mean, like there's an identity crisis that happens within them uh, when you push back against it. But I mean, just again, take a take a step back. Obviously, the idea of t- of telling a 12 year old girl that it's appropriate 
to, for cosmetic reasons, chop off her breasts, or for a boy to remove mm-hmm. the wedding tackle, yep. so to yep. so to speak. That's insane to yes, say that that's is. something that should be protected. Much less, I mean, you're talking about hormone therapy, which is not reversible. That's not. It is not fully reversible, like the activists will tell you. And one of the things that is hard to, um, I guess, combat is that you have the activist class that is so sure that they have scientific data backing up their beliefs when they don't, because this has really never been done. No. And the early results are not in their favor at all. Not even close. And, dude, our president... Yeah. Was out there. I mean, we're talking about like crazy lefties. We always had crazy lefties. When it's the president of the United States saying the best thing you can do is gender affirming care. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Puberty blockers. And they keep saying, oh, you can always you know, change it back. Yeah. Oh, it's irreversible. Well, I mean, look, I mean, I saw a meme and it would be funny if it weren't so sad, but it was sort of comparing the generations. It's like boomers say, I can't believe I wore bell bottoms. Gen X says, man, I can't believe I wore puka shells. Millennials say, I can't believe I was goth. And Gen Z says, I can't believe I chopped my penis off. I mean, that, <laughs> That's sad, man. Again, yes. but, but, that, but you think about all the dumb things you did, and most of the time you're talking about you know, starting smoking, doing drugs, or you know, hopefully it's just as innocent as I wore stupid outfits right. as a kid. But this is a huge deal that Gosh, is way man. bigger than poor fashion choices. Got that right. To parents of transgender children, affirming your child's identity is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe and healthy. And that whole thing about, well, they'll commit suicide. That's false. There's no data to back that up at all. Or there's the data that backs up after the surgery's been done years from now that somebody's not killing themselves. Not that I am aware of. I've never seen any either, but I know it exists. We'll get to a little bit later on. Um, There was a mom in Connecticut, school district, so I had no idea that my seven-year-old was being taught gender identity with a book. It's not going on in schools, you reactionary conservative weirdos. Yes, it is. It's crazy about a boy wanting to be a mermaid. Anyway, I'm serious. Okay. We'll get to that a little Everybody's bit later got on. goals. <laughs> uh, Joy Reid. <laughs> Joy Reid in the news, David, for what? Oh, well, MSNBC is still throwing a fit over that white nationalist dude, Nick Fuentes, having dinner with Trump and Kanye West. Oh, my gosh. They got to keep Trump in the news somehow, they, don't they? They really do. And and I think most of us were like, well, who the heck is Nick Fuentes? And never heard of him. Then you look up the body of work and you're like, okay, well, that's not just, you know, MSNBC calling everything racist. That dude actually, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joy Reid, though, and Kurt Bardella say the reason that... Uh, Trump had dinner with Nick Fuentes is because there's basically no difference between him and the Republican Party and conservative voters. What? Okay, roll it. I I just I I see a very small degree of difference between what he believes and what they believe. I just I don't see it. And I think this is the reason why you've seen for days now Republicans kind of tripping over themselves trying to figure out how do we talk about this? How do we talk about this in a way that doesn't scare away the base of people that represent really their core constituency at this point? I don't know what you're talking about. You talk the same way we did yesterday. It's like a clown. Bad move from Trump. You got to vet people. Who are you going to dinner with? You got to figure it out. 
That's a bad look. It's another unforced error. Period. They make up stuff. It's the Shell Man argument. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I do want to. Shell Man, sorry, not Shell. No, I got Puka Shell on my mind. <laughs> well, I knew what you meant. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. You know, I, I, I do want to play a little game here, though, if you, if you want to humor me on this. Sure. Uh, if we're talking about small differences, there really is not a lot of daylight between liberals like Joy Reid and Nick Fuentes. If you're being honest and you look at the body of work, when oh. it comes to talking about race in particular and race relations in America. So I want to play this little game here. Do we have a game time theme? You mean like the regular game that sometimes it's you against Scott? Yeah, I never now, get now to play in these games. It, we can, we can. Right there, we go. Game time. It, it, it can be the Gen Xer versus the Baby Boomer. If All you right, want to keep school, okay. okay, sure, let's go. So the game Are is this: Who said it? Was this? Who's I'm going to read you a quote. I'm going to take the races involved out. Right. Okay. So if somebody's talking about black people or Jewish people, I'm not going to talk about. I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to say blank. If they're talking about white people, I'm going to say blank. Leave it blank. But okay, Do we take turns on this? You can take turns on this. It was Nick first. Fuentes. It Was it Nick Fuentes or someone on Joy Reid's show? Okay? All right. Now, for the first quote, are we going to... Okay, we'll, we'll start off with Scott okay. Okay. on this one. Is this Nick Fuentes or someone on Joy Reid's show? The topic is a massive government program. The quote is, quote... In a sense, it's a bill that, insert race here, uh, Employment Act. It's the insert race here Employment Act. Basically saying, hey, this is like affirmative action. We can't have that. Um, I'll say Nick on this one. No, that's not Nick. That, that's Joy Reid. <laughs> Talking about the infrastructure bill. She said it was the White Guy Employment Act. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right, so that's... Scott, zero. Jamie, zero still. You're a better right. moderator at this than I am, Jamie, but I found the quote, so it would be cheating. That's fine. All right. Uh, here's the quote now. Right. What, what's really important to understand is that the crisis in race relations in the country basically amounts to this race's failure. That sounds like Fuentes. Now, that one actually is Nick Fuentes. Yes, on black people. <laughs> So that's Jamie one, Scott zero. All right, Scott. Yeah. Quote, they want credit. They want credit for having hair in the morning or getting up and brushing their teeth. Nick Fuentes or Joy Reid? Yes. Joy Reid. That was, well, Michael Eric Dyson on, my, on Joy Reid's show last okay. year, that white people want credit for having hair in the morning. On the board, baby. All right, one to one here. Okay. Uh, The quote is here, Jamie. The misuse of children of this race is tantamount to child abuse. Using kids of this race this way is sick. Is that Joy Reid or Nick Fuentes? That sounds like Fuentes again. That is Joy Reid on black children (sighs) attending a Ron DeSantis event. (laughs) Dang it. So it's still one to one. Yes. All right. To you, Scott. Yep. Uh, was this Nick Fuentes or Joy Reid? The this race population is getting emboldened and impatient. Joy Reid. See, that was Nick Fuentes on non-whites. <laughs> Got it. It's hard, man. It really is actually it hard. Is. I have to keep looking back at my notes to remember who said what. 
Gosh, dang. Now, it. if I get this right, do I get the victory? Uh, we've got two more quotes, so it's still anyone's game. Okay. All right. Uh, to you, Jamie, it's one-to-one here. Uh, the quote is, if you are of this race, remember that the people in power hate you, and they will try to kill you in your lifetime. Is that Joy Reid or Nick Fuentes? I, I, I'm i going with Fuentes again. All right. That is Nick Fuentes. Yeah. All right. There we okay. go. So it's two-to-one. So the best I can do is soccer. <laughs> well, hey, wait a second. You got three questions. I got three. Where's the freaking equity? Hey, I didn't put a timer on this, David. <laughs> okay. How about this? First one to answer correctly. All right. Here we go. All right. All right. Oh, we'll do it that okay. way. All right. Changing the rules. All right. Yeah. Well, oh, changing the rules. Okay. Take your extra one oh, there. No. Okay. Baby whiner. Boomer. I mean. <laughs> the, uh, the quote is, there's a thing for this race. As soon as they get caught, they bring waterworks. They cry. Oh, that's Joy Reid. That is Joy Reid on Kyle yeah, Rittenhouse. Yeah, yes. Yeah. All right. You feel good now? Everybody got a trophy, Scott? It's a tie. Yes. You feeling good about that? It's like World Cup game we're playing here. I would, I would play the victory theme song, but you don't get it because it was a freaking tie. <laughs> yes. There are no ties. The tie goes to the last person who answered correctly. Me. We're changing the rules now. <laughs> Jeepers. Okay. That was fun. Thank you, David. Okay, something else you got to get to. Elon Musk admits Twitter has interfered in elections. Has the proof. Joy Reid. Straight Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So Elon Musk admits Twitter has interfered in elections. Uh oh. What well, he was replying to somebody on Twitter. They were talking about Twitter's mirage of trust and safety under prior leadership. Yeah. Elon tweeted out the obvious reality, as longtime users know, is that Twitter has failed in trust and safety for a very long time and has interfered in elections. Of course Twitter 2.0 will be far more effective, transparent, and even-handed. Well, that's why you must be stopped. And you know what that means. <laughs> yeah, the crazy oh, yeah. liberals are yeah. freaking out. Oh, they're, it's, it's insanity. Well, he wrote a post on Monday, remember, that he would soon release the Twitter files. Yeah. So the Twitter files on free speech suppression soon to be published on Twitter itself. The public deserves to know what really happened. Oh, boy. Well, the old CEO came right out and said, well, it's not so much about free speech. Eh. We're not about that. Right. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Our, our job is to protect people. Right. That's what he said. No, it's not. And, and they get to decide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now Elizabeth Warren is upset because, well, you got one person that decides. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I know, man. No idea. They just say things, and you just, and the the numbing of your brain just starts to happen almost immediately. But speaking of that, I think David has an update on an earlier story. Well, yeah. So Kanye West is, uh, or did an interview with Alex Jones. He goes by Yay. I know. Now, well, I didn't know a lot if of you forgot I don't that agree or with. not. I didn't forget it. <clears throat> well, every time 
it's said, well, Scott comes in with yeah. an old clip of himself to correct. And I think that's probably appropriate. Yay! Thank you. So anyway, Kanye West is on Yay. Alex Jones' show, and he's got this, like, this... It, it kind of looks like uh, dark pantyhose over his head. Doesn't want to show his face or something like that. I don't know. What the guy's out of his mind. Okay. Strange. And they're talking a little bit about, uh, well, Hitler and Nazis. And Kanye West is defending Nazis and defending Hitler. And Yay. as they're going to break, this happens where okay. an exasperated... Alex Jones is trying. Well, he's to, freaked out. Man. All right, man. Oh my gosh. All right. Yeah. This is a little bit too much even for me. This is uh, crazy. Anyway, you said he loved Hitler. They gave him an award. I, I'm just saying. I don't like Nazis, and I don't like what some of the mafias are doing either. I like Hitler. Kanye interjects and says that he likes. I Hitler. like Hitler. Okay, uh, as we mentioned before, the guy's got issues. There's no doubt about yeah. that. After Trump had dinner with him, he said what? He's very troubled. Yeah. Other people had said that in recent months. He had been bipolar, but then apparently stopped taking medication. I don't know the whole Kanye Yay. story, but obviously that's a troubled guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Do you think he really believes that? Has he been brainwashed into believing that? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Because he is like believing crazy things. Like, Holocaust denying all that stuff. Yeah, he he's always been way out on the edge, but yes. this is going over the edge, man. I mean, he is he's lost his mind, man. This is sad to see, personally. You know what? It is. And then yeah. you wonder, well, if you're playing by, like, old rules, are people going to say, you got to cancel Kim Kardashian because she had to know his character? Right. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, he had an update on Florida. What are they doing? Yeah, man, uh, Florida is pulling $2 billion worth of its assets uh, managed by BlackRock. Uh, they're, they're getting rid of BlackRock. BlackRock is this investment firm uh, that has really been pushing the ESG stuff. This is the, the social credit system. Which Correct. is why you have companies like Disney doing things that most of their customers hate. Because it's not about the customers. It's not about you know, selling tickets to a theme park or, or selling tickets uh, at a movie theater. But it is about the cash available that BlackRock can get you. And other firms, but BlackRock is probably the biggest one. And, and Vanguard, I guess. Yeah, and they're, they're also very influential in the Biden administration. Yes, very much so. And I mean, in fact, I mean, Brian Deese is one of our, one of my personal favorite. He's a White House economist. He's the one who famously said last year about rising food prices: if you take out poultry, pork, and beef, mm -hmm. 
food prices are increasing along historical lines. So if you actually cut out the things people eat, it's not that bad. Well, if you just stocked up on worms and dandelions, you're saving money. Right, exactly. Yes. Or eat what he and his ilk eat. Doesn't affect you, especially with that kind of money. Right. But yeah, I mean, as far as like retirement funds, and a lot of people have money going to places. Like, I didn't yeah. know I was supporting that with my retirement, and that's that's a gutsy move from DeSantis in Florida yeah, to say, yeah, we're done. Wow. Did you see the other story um, with DeSantis? <laughs> I think you had this story, David. It was about rigging elections that we have to rig elections before Ron DeSantis can steal them. Was yeah. that slate? Th- yeah, this is this is how afraid of Ron DeSantis they really are. So, it, it, you know, it seems like players on the left or some of them are preemptively denying the 2024 election results. And we don't even know for sure that Ron DeSantis is running for president. And no, we, we don't. certainly don't know that he'll get the nomination if he does run for president. No, we don't. No idea. Uh, you know, but Hillary Clinton's done it. Uh, Democrats in Congress have said that in order to push for a federal takeover of elections. They literally want to rig the game to save democracy, which doesn't make sense. But that's the state of play right now in America. Now, Slate.com, liberal uh, outlet, has a new piece out arguing that Democrats must rig elections because Ron DeSantis is going to steal it otherwise. As they write, just here's the jumping off point. Okay. So you know where this person's coming from. Democracy dodged a bullet in the midterm election, yet bullets remain to be dodged. If the nation dips into a real recession in the next few years, if gas prices are just a bit higher in the weeks before Election Day, the anti-democratic political movement may surge once again. Ron DeSantis, the ascendant governor of Florida and a likely Republican nominee in 2024, may have the chance to reverse the results of the 2024 election almost single-handedly. And if he wins the nomination, that means he could steal the election for himself. So, ha- oh my gosh! Here's Dude, if how you this- take a step back. I mean, does it go through anybody's mind at that place? That's what happens in America. If the people in power don't get the job done, they get voted out. Yeah, and, and in this case, though, you really have to jump through a lot of theoretical hoops in order to land at this idea that Ron DeSantis could single-handedly steal a presidential election. And what it has to do is with the Electoral Count Reform Act, which is this bill that uh, Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer are supportive of, and it's basically solidifying how electors are, are put into place in a presidential election. So the theory goes here is that somehow, if this bill is not passed that Ron DeSantis could put in place a slate of electors from the state of Florida that gives him the win. So the entire theory is based off of the idea that Ron DeSantis runs for president in 2024, gets the nomination, and loses Florida. (laughs) And if that's your jumping off point, I never want to hear you criticize Alex Jones ever again. Because that is a conspiracy theory that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Wow. It's funny, too, that you bring up Alex Jones because we were talking about Alex Jones earlier. Yeah. Because he did an interview with Ye. Is he going by Ye West or just Ye? It's just Ye. Okay. So it's just like the old clip of Scott saying Yay. That yeah, that's, that's how it. he's known. Yes. Okay. 
And if you hadn't heard that story, holy cow. He said, I like Hitler. Yeah, he did. I mean, to just get right to the point and defended Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, there's... Well, he's got this thing on his face, too, which is weird the whole time. Doing that interview, yeah, it is. It is, like David said, it's like pantyhose on his... On his face, covering the whole head. Yes. Like this Sia sort of thing going on. Well, I mean, dude, I don't know what else to say other than that's a troubled guy. And the things that he said today, reprehensible. And what was the deal with the pantyhose on the face? I think he's done that before. Where what, what do you, well, But what's the point of that? Hide you know? his face David? or something. Yep. I don't know. It's give himself his true identity. Or, I don't know, man. The guy's, the guy's out of his mind. Yeah. Well, before when they, what was it? He was hospitalized. He was diagnosed bipolar. And again, as I remember it, then was doing better. But he melted down on a tour, was exhausted, yeah. diagnosed bipolar, and then decided, I don't know exactly when, but not to take the medication anymore, that he was misdiagnosed and has been going without and kind of see him just get deeper and deeper into what seems to be madness. Well, maybe he can go the shaggy route by wearing the the pantyhose over his face. Oh. It wasn't me. <laughs> Which Shaggy are you talking about? The song wasn't me. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going with the an old Scooby-Doo Scooby-Doo reference. Oh. Like he's going to get stoned and get a Scooby snack and sandwiches <laughs> or something. I may be the boomer here, but no, I was referring to the guy. Wow, I didn't know guy. you were rocking with Shaggy. Well, yeah. You know what, though? <laughs> this will go on, off on a quick tangent. We'll wrap it back in. The thing about Yay is that not knowing anything about current music Mm -hmm. from the hip-hop world he is still listened to a lot yeah he's a big star man like the biggest star in that world yeah was right well i don't know He, he may still be i don't know you know how at this time of year people are getting their spotify or their apple music list of the year uh-huh a couple of my kids i mean yay is still there yeah. I'm not proud to say that. Actually, I put two crying emojis when I saw it and brought it back to my kids. Like, that's really sad. Yeah, but this it wasn't number one, but, I mean, it's it's right there. You know, I would say at least in the top five, maybe. And then there's, like, I don't know, four or five I haven't even heard of before. Yeah, this Hitler oh. stuff may uh, damage his reputation. Oh, dude, it's got to be over after this. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. The Christmas album, Ho Ho Hitler. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Yeah, that's not going to fly. No, it's not. So I don't I don't see that on a lot of playlists a year from now. What just <laughs> Robbins, you've got a future in a PR firm. You know? Everything yeah. was going well, but I think this I think if I'm looking into my crystal ball, this Hitler stuff <laughs> you know, it's just not might be bad for your yeah, reputation. Yeah. Could be bad. Yeah, that's hard, man. And I'll I'll say as a as a fan of his music and someone who's been interested in, in his development and sometimes looking at astonishment at some of the things that he says and does, this is really sad to me to watch. It, 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 well, it is. Well, when he did that, I think it was deemed a Christian album, and he was doing those Sunday morning services, yeah. and I'd heard about a couple of them, and I was like, good for him, man. It sounds like he's found the Lord. That's awesome. Mm. I don't know what's happened. I have no idea. Yeah. But it is sad. And I'll say this. The only thing more embarrassing, at least for me, my kids and some of their playlists 
would be my friend Scott Robbins because we saw his history yesterday. David, I don't know if you were embarrassed or you just thought it was something you'd expect. What? Don't anybody put Scott in that light I'm rock not, box. Listen. <laughs> What'd you think of Scott's year-end playlist, David? I wasn't surprised by it at all. Well, how would you describe it? There, there was some lighter stuff in there. Yeah. But also, somebody, I mean, there was also a couple of songs from the band Rush, who I know you're a huge fan of, that mm-hmm. I didn't even know. You're a deep cut guy. Yeah. You know? And then it would be, I don't know, bread or something. I forget what it was. Whatever. There's no bread on there. What was it? What was the one that was really kind of light rocky? Probably like Restless Heart. There was Restless Heart. Oh, there was something else I can't remember. Gosh dang it. Anyway. A diverse musical taste sucks. No, it's it's classic rock and light rock. That's okay. Well, yours, I diverse. mean, it was like, here here's the diversity in Jamie Markley's playlist. <laughs> it's, it's hard rock, metal, classic rock. And rock. No, you forgot to. The thing is, I'm not even joking. Arena rock. Oh, yeah. And hair metal. <laughs> yeah. I'm not apologizing. Okay. No spinners on that playlist. No, but I like some spinners. I do. Okay. I'm not joking. Um, oh, you know what? Speaking of music real quick, did you see Metallica is going to do a $7,000 enhanced experience package for their new yeah. tour? Yeah. Did you just shake your head at that? Wow. What? I mean, everybody's got a price tag, right? You can get it. Why not? So you see the headline, you're like, oh, my gosh. Who can afford that? That's for eight people. That's eight tickets with all the stuff you get. And when you figure there are so many people that pay $500 per ticket, it's not as bad as you originally think, especially when you get a piece of merchandise. Yeah. And the special seats. I had a friend I used to work with that sent me a note today saying, I don't know if you guys are still connected or not, but is there any way you can help me out with Metallica? We st- I'm like, well, no. I thought those no, days were not. over. No. Yeah. Who, does it somebody I know? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I, don't, I worked with her a long, long right. time ago. Yeah. Because I remember getting people into the snake pit back in the day oh, for yeah, Metallica. Oh, sure. yeah, Yeah, that was fun. Okay. Just for the record, we don't have any sway over Metallica tickets. No. Yeah. Be a lot cooler if we did. <laughs> but we don't. Yeah. Okay, this mom in Connecticut, all right, discovers her seven year old kid is being taught this book called Julian is a Mermaid. It's a story of a boy who wants to be a mermaid. He's gonna take part in Coney Island's famed mermaid parade. She's got a problem with this, takes it to the school board, and then the school board makes a decision. Because that shouldn't be appropriate. Yes. Talking about gender identity and right. changing your gender, right? Okay, once it's out in the open, then surely they're going to take it away, right? Not so fast. We will get to that story and a news update straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Saw this story in a couple of places. Um, it's interesting because I see it at Fox, and then I see a local story that the title is How a Book About a Boy Wanting to Be a Mermaid Sparked Controversy at a Connecticut School. Hmm. 
<laughs> I think you just answered your own question there, headline writer. Yeah. You would think, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So the way the NBC story reads is several parents in Fairfield County, um, the town of Darien, asked the school district to review its decision to approve the book. The school superintendent told NBC New York a couple dozen parents raised questions about whether a book the publisher tags under gender identity is appropriate. One woman said, I don't know if that's a good topic for kids that are in second grade. But Superintendent Alan Adley said the read-aloud book is about the value of acceptance. Oh, God. See, it's a story of unconditional love. It's, it's always that kind of... He sent a memo to parents who contacted him about the book, which won the Stonewall Book Award. Well, who hasn't? A top honor from the American Library Association for LGBTQ Books. Adley explained that the curriculum team reviewed the issue and decided that the book will remain in circulation. Okay, fine. This is a mom. Yeah. That was at the school board meeting. This is what she had to say. Roll it. The book is titled, Julian is a Mermaid. And it's a story of a little boy who is transitioning to a little girl. And I just want to remind you, my daughter is seven years old, and this is a class of second graders. So I want to be clear, my concern is the age appropriateness of this type of gender theme story for a class of second graders. She's being much nicer than a lot of us would. I'm all for and support diversity in a rich education. However, there should be boundaries with regards to sensitive subjects with our youngest learners. Yeah. Education on changing gender for second graders should be completely off limits. That's common sense. Yeah. She goes on. And I'm looking at every single one of you because I just want to make sure that you hear me. And then she gets a little more intense. There's about 15 seconds left. And I'm also so curious, why would adults broach this topic with children? That's a great question, isn't it? Isn't that the thing, right? And she said, no answers, of course. No answers, of course. Yeah. And also, if this is the path the school wishes to take with the social and emotional learning, because that's the guise that they're hiding this under, then we should be able to opt out. Yes. And again, this is another parent that has said, I had no idea that was going on in our school. How many of those stories have we heard like that? Unrelated, man. There was a piece in The Federalist, John Daniel Davidson. Wrote, and he brought up a point. I've said it before. This is the way he started the piece. It's hard to think of an episode more tailored to confirm the wildest conspiracy theories of QAnon, that global elites are a bunch of Satan-worshipping pedophiles, than the ongoing Balenciaga scandal. And it's true. Yeah. It's a, dude, the deeper that story gets, the more troubling it is. They're child models, and they're modeling uh, bondage. S&M, overtly sexual clothing. Well, and with the teddy bears. Yeah. Yes, there was another ad, and you probably heard this, including images of court documents from a 2008 Supreme Court decision in the United States versus Williams, mm-hmm. which ruled on a law banning the pandering of child pornography. Mm-hmm. It's put in there on purpose. Yeah. And then they pull the ads and say, oh, yeah, we got it. We could have done better, you know, and, uh, the oversight. And then well, this photographer, they were a part of the entire process of the marketing that's just a load of crap wow man and then the different people that 
work with Balenciaga? Mm-hmm. The troubled past? Yeah. Pedophilia? What the hell, man? Yeah, I know. It's absolutely sick. These people got to be stopped. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story, though, today, David? Uh, I, I kind of hate to say it, but it to me, it might actually be the Kanye West thing on uh, on Alex Jones. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, he goes by yay. You have a guy who I don't care what he goes by. I understand. Um, man, you got a guy who was once the biggest music star on the planet for a little while there. Yes. Who has just come out today and said that, quote, well, I don't even want to quote him because somebody's going to take it out of context. He said he liked Hitler. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know. It seems like I've said this lately. I don't know what to say to that. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. All right. We'll get to that. And, of course, the Scott Robbins trifecta straight ahead right here. Yay! Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. <laughs> yes. What are you laughing at? Well, I'm getting this together today, and I'm coming up with the descriptor for story three. Oh, for your trifecta, which your top three stories. Which is somewhat visual that I'm going to try to make audio. I'm going to try to bring it to life. That's quite a tease, man. I'm looking forward to well, it. Well, you brought the story to me. I saw it. It's, it's wonderful. A wild one. It's wonderful. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. A news update, David Van Camp. Well, you know, big tech companies, they're always looking out for us, right? They always <laughs> they, they want to make sure that Americans are safe, especially surrounding yes. elections, right? And of course, oh, yeah. like ground zero for the crazy Trump Russia conspiracy theories were memes that were being shared on Facebook. That was, like Facebook was public enemy number one for a little while there. Yep. Because blame you for okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> very good imitation. I like yes. that because yeah. Grandma shared some memes that. Yes. Anyway, yeah, they, it, it it never made any sense. But uh, Facebook, of course, they've been doing the work, right? Well, yeah. there's a group out there uh, that was what it was an investigation by a global witness and the NYU Cybersecurity for Democracy team. Uh, what they did was they bought ads on multiple social media platforms that were explicitly calling for violence against people working elections this year. Just to test their safeguards, right? Yeah, ju- just to see, hey, are they really taking this seriously? Facebook failed to block 15 out of 20 ads containing death threats to election workers. 15 out of 20? Oh, jeez. Wow, man. How'd the other ones do? Uh, well, TikTok did did well, but they're a Chinese spy app, so you know the Chinese government's very good at censorship. Yes, they're stopping the death threats better than Zuckerbot. <laughs> yeah, uh, YouTube and TikTok performed better at enforcing their policies. Both wow. platforms suspended their accounts for violating their policies. 
Okay. So, yes, of course, and he'll get before Congress again. It, you know, yeah. it happens, what, every 18 months or so? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're getting tips from, uh, you know, like oil companies and Wall Street banks. It's like, okay, here's what you do, okay? Every, every year or every six months, these dorks in Congress who don't know anything mm-hmm. about what you do are going to haul you up in front of some committee, and they're going to yell at you for a couple hours, and it, just settle down. It'll be fine. And that's what they do every time. Absolutely. And yes, I'll get to uh, back to our team, and we'll get back to you on right. that. And of course, we want to do good in the world. That's what our whole goal is: is yeah. to bring people together. Blah blah blah. And we're really sorry, but it won't happen again. Yeah. Dude, we don't have time right now. We got to get to the trifecta. I mean, I'm going through all the clips that we have of Zuckerberg. Oh gosh. Apologizes to Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, the user agreement. Uh, the senator tells him it sucks. It goes on and on and on. I apologizes again. Yes, we're going to reform it. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to steal your soul. You wrote that one, David. It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robbins, you ready for your big three? Yep. Let's do this. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe it's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day, always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Casey. I think he's ready to Hi, go. Hi, Casey. I'm ready. Okay. Three. Uh, okay, so I believe I got the, the university right here. Princeton. Yes. Is offering a course on bondage and discipline, but specifically for black people. Yes. Next spring, the very mm. private Ivy League research school will test and host the introduction of something they're describing as fantastically frisky. Black queer BDSM material culture as it, re- as it resolves in relationships to biographical narratives. So, in other words, it's going to be classes on bondage within the black community. Now, some of the uh, required reading for this, the books they're going to be reading are Sensational Flesh, Race, Power, and Machoism, The Color of Kink, Black Woman, BDSM, and Pornography, The Black Body in Ecstasy, Reading race, reading pornography. Fetishism, a cultural discussion. In the Life, a black gay anthology, and a taste for brown sugar. Black women in pornography. Princeton freaking university. Parents, write those checks now. Get those kids enrolled. I I, I have so many questions, but I don't know if you have the answers. Go ahead, David. I just have one question. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I thought that Joe Biden told us Mitt Romney was going to be putting black people back in chains. Well, well, you know, he did. <laughs> Apparently David, it's Princeton. It's Princeton. It. Yeah. You know, it, this kind of takes the place of the traditional underwater basket weaving class. Oh, my gosh, man. I mean, that's so Amish now. Well, I, wow. actually, underwater basket weaving is part of kink. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> in leather. Okay. I don't know if you know this. Is this for black people only or all races to take the class. Well, I suppose. Now, they're not saying it's just for black people only, so I'm assuming that if you want to learn more about that culture and some of the things that go on in that culture as a white person, you would be allowed to take the class, as far as I know. 
So, and you don't need to be LGBTQ. No. Or even willing to learn. Right. You know, got it. You got all the, that? The, I think so. Well, prob- you might want to be after you read Sensational no. Flesh. Well, the, the, the problem, though, is that the professor has some real problems. There are no office times because the professor is always tied up. Yeah! And I just want you to know, too, David, open Jeez. discussion in that class. Only people who want to be will be muzzled. <laughs> We're getting closer and closer to number one. Thank you, Casey. It's the Scott Robbins trifecta. Scott's top three stories of the day. Two. Uh, newly elected congressman Eric Sorensen claims you yeah, cannot, really. you, you of Illinois, Democrat, uh, claims you cannot disagree with scientists when it comes to science. Yeah, you can't do that. Really? He tweeted this out. If you disagree, I'm looking at you, Markley. Okay. If you disagree with scientists about science, it's not really a disagreement. You're actually just incorrect. Science is not truth. It's the process of finding the truth. When science evolves, it didn't lie to you. It learned more. Got it? When a scientist told yeah. you to mask up yeah, because he said it would be safe, Although he was telling other people it won't work. Right. You can't call that out? No. Isn't this guy a former weather guy? Yes. So, yeah, you're never wrong. He's a nut, too. (laughs) If you are objectively right and the scientists were objectively wrong, then the scientists don't magically become correct through the nature of their title. I was right with the forecast, but the weather changed. I can't believe people actually voted for this knucklehead. There's a lot of those out there. Golly. You kidding me? Now, on with the countdown. The Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day, all the way up to one. Oh, boy. Number one, I can't wait to hear your description of this because I have now seen the photo and I am just on pins and needles waiting. Well, Uh, A woman says that she's being slut-shamed for breastfeeding in public. Yeah. um, TikTok again are digitally lighting their torches and sharpening their pitchforks, according to the story, in a fury after a very well-endowed mother, known online as Miss Calcium Cannon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's that's pretty good. You cannot make that up, right? (laughs) When I sent you that story, I did not see that part, honestly. I just saw the photo. I'm like, this seems like something you'd like. So she's got her young child in the shopping cart at the grocery store, and pulls down the complete top, grabs one in her arm, and the little kid starts suckling on it in the aisle where you can buy, like, office supplies. And people are like, what is going on here? Well, it's breastfeeding in public. It's one of the most beautiful things that can happen between mother and child. By the way, mom earns her living to buy those office supplies by being on OnlyFans. Ah, yeah. Mm. Of course. So those are her office supplies. Those are definitely her office supplies. Calcium Calcium cannons. cannons. (laughs) 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 She just can't get over the fact that people are outraged by this. It's totally natural and perfect. Okay. I want to explain this because the funniest part was when I sent you the story and you saw the picture. The reaction from Scott was... Come on! Well, that's ridiculous because the size is insane. Well, and she's holding it up. <laughs> yeah. Because well. if not, it would end up in the cart. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> yes, it's, it would. I mean, uh, scientifically speaking, I think that would Gravity be true. Gravity has already been put into play here. Yes. Yeah. Hang low, wobble to and fro, time in a knot, a bow. Yeah. Over your shoulder like a continental. Oh, I will be referred to from here on out as Gaussian Cannon. <laughs> Hang low. Okay, there you go. Scott Robbins trifecta. It's time every day. You know what we never did get to? We still got to get to this. What people say are the most annoying things sports fans do at the game. Plus, we got to get to a news update. And you know Nimrod's in the news. It's also coming up right here. As always, thank you for being here. Appreciate it. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Yo, man. Still got some stuff to get to. News update, too, with David Van Camp. All right. So the layoffs at CNN have begun uh, with paid contributors. And I, I'm I'm almost sad about this, actually. Oh, no. Uh, Chris Saliza. Well. He, yeah. Well, he's this guy who... I thought was a pretty good writer until he wound up working, until he had to churn out a column every day. <laughs> he used to work for the Washington Post, and he put out a column like once a week. When he had You're not alone, read. man. I'm there with you. Yeah. I thought he was a good writer a long time ago. And, and then when he had to churn out takes every single day, it's a grind, man. And, you know, And everybody gets things wrong sometimes. Everybody has a dumb take, a great day, whatever. But this guy, it was constantly terrible. Um. And he, well, had, dude, it was almost like a brainwashing happened when he yeah. went to CNN. In a way, it's like you got used to his writing and his opinions on different things. Yeah. And you could say he leaned left, but he was a common sense kind of guy, and yeah. then lost it. Now, I, I do want to say this because I, I, I love, <laughs> I love this given how much time not only Saliza but CNN and most liberal media outlets have given to the idea of being an election denier. Right. Mm-hmm. right. They get they get very mad. There are not enough depends in the world to sop up the urine that they have expended in the last year. Um, but one of his articles that he wrote, one of his columns that he wrote after the 2016 election, he wrote about the first interview that Hillary Clinton did in the wake of it with Christian Amanpour with CNN. <laughs> okay. And the headline reads. From Chris Saliza, who's out of a job now. Hillary Clinton just delivered a stunning indictment of the 2016 election and Donald Trump. And it's fawning all over her because she had the guts to, to claim that Russia and Donald Trump were working together to steal the election from her. Wow. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Jeez. That's something. It takes guts. To do that, says Chris Saliza. Fired. Yeah. Got you go. Uh, real quick, and sorry I didn't get to this earlier. I had mentioned people were voting on the 10 rudest sports fan behaviors. And we're running out of time. I don't think we have time for a game. Oh, I guess there's always time for a game. Oh. The champ. For a long time, the millennial David Van Camp. The grizzly vet, Scott Robbins. Van Camp always goes first. Rudest sports fan behavior. 
You paid good money to see whatever game it is. This is the most annoying. There's 10 of them. I, I would say maybe this is too broad, but yeah. the guy who just gets hammered. Well, no, that's that getting drunk. That is number two. That that would be a nine pointer. Scott, excessive celebration. Ooh, um, it, boy, oh boy, what? No, not there. How is that not there? It's not, hmm. David. Oh, cussing. Like you. Cussing. Yeah, using profanity. Yeah, especially when you have kids there. Yeah, that's a four-pointer. It's 13 to nothing. Back to Scott. Jeez. Cussing, and that's uh, gone. 45 seconds left in the game. Uh, um, You can't think of any rude behaviors? uh, Chatty. I hate the chatterbox. Just goading. Okay, um, they're going to accept it. Uh, Talking on the phone, that's a stretch. It's a one-pointer, but it's better than getting skunked. Yeah, thanks. Van Camp, you can... uh, Win the whole thing right here. Oh, obnoxious hecklers. Um, and that's the game. Yeah. I thought I already... You said excessive celebration. That's not heckling. Okay. Don't compound the loss of whining. That's my advice to you. I'm here to help, not to hurt. You know that. Uh, the rest would have been, well, standing and blocking your view, cutting in line, blocking the aisle, not attending to their children, taking somebody else's seats that aren't yours repeatedly leaving your seats yeah. I think that is yeah, something down that yep. yeah so there you go with that and man we run out of time quick on the show we got to get to Nimrods there's well there's at least one really good one right. when the going gets tough damn it this is too hard the dumb get dumber All right, man. it's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show I love the poorly educated Nimrods in the news. We'll get to this real quick. Buddhist temple in central Thailand, now without monks. Why? Every monk in the temple tested positive for meth. Oh, my God. Gone. Whoa. Seriously. Yeah. If you want to get more into that story tomorrow, we can. Tibetan meth heads? (laughs) And in Oregon, police looking for a couple guys, crashed their van into a convenience store, Early the other morning, they wanted to steal an ATM. They backed the van into the building to get access to it. You've seen that before. Yep. Um, they loaded the ATM into the van, pulled over into another parking lot where they apparently tried to blow the ATM up wow. to get the loot. But then they, they set their own vehicle on fire. <laughs> I, I don't know how dumb you can be. But that's why we call it Nimrods in the News.